to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are uh, currently in studio together as we come here to recap day one, sliding slightly into day two of the free agent frenzy. We'll talk a little bit about the draft. Um, I don't know. you know, We can say who we think won the draft, but how about we talk about that in like three or four years? Then we can talk about who won this draft. Uh, really just no way to know. Uh, I, you know, I guess at this point you're going, all right, who, who picked the highest ranked player, the latest, and that's who usually you say won the draft. You know, that's kind of how it works. Uh, and the Rangers win cause they get the best player in the draft. How about that? All right. Fair. Yeah. Or at least probably <laughs> the best player in the draft. Um, yeah, we and and as we go, I think the draft maybe plays a little bit of a like into this free agency. We can talk about you know some players that we think might have a roster shot this year and how that might factor into some free agent signings. But uh, let's just start rolling through all the free agent signings that we've already seen. We'll just talk about the impact we believe that it will have on this team and uh, whether or not we think that the the term that they received is is fair and and all that so i guess uh we begin man there's just so there's so many players that signed but the one i want to start with is the max domi josh anderson trade and then josh anderson getting seven years five and a half million dollars a season for a 20 a 38.5 million dollar contract total uh, for a guy who was he actually if you if you remember back to the expansion draft Josh Anderson was desperately protected by the Columbus Blue Jackets and he is the reason they gave up uh William Carlson and a first round pick right to yeah. uh, to avoid him being taken so Josh Anderson uh is apparently is just so stinking good everyone wants to protect him he's his best season two years ago 27 goals 47 points talk to me i don't understand this yeah i'm a little lost too i mean don't get me wrong i when you look back a few years ago the nhl was still in this speed but let's let's still you know take the body to guys and so yeah i could see why he would have been a little bit more coveted back then but the nhl has sort of gone more towards an offensive you know very high fast paced kind of game and you know I, I think you look at the stanley cup winners over the last few years you know outside of maybe tampa well i mean you could even throw tampa in there with their their amazing third line of yanni gord and and goudreau but um i'm not goudreau i'm sorry <laughs> um yeah barclay there but um there's been more of, of a need for balance, and I think teams are starting to say, okay, well, St. Louis, Washington, these guys had balance, right? They could play that fast-paced, you know, highly skilled offensive game, but they still could throw the body around a little bit. They still had those lines that could go out there and check and, and be sort of those grind-you-down sort of lines in the playoffs. And while that, that didn't really translate in the regular season as, as good in the playoffs, it's shown, it's shown up. And so I think maybe Montreal looked at that and said, okay, we got an opportunity. We don't really see Max Domi as a fit long-term here, but we like Josh Anderson. We like what he brings, that intangible. But the problem is, is he's never healthy for a full season. Yeah. So yeah. what's the point? You could have easily gone out there and made a, a trade with maybe another team. You could have maybe gone to you know a team like Tampa Bay and said, hey, you know, we... Um, you know, we understand you got a cap issue right now. Like, hey, are you willing to part with a guy like Yanni Gord? Probably not. I mean, they would probably say no, but you could explore other options out there to go look at other guys. And sure. then you turn right around within 10 minutes and give him a seven-year extension for Buku dollars. Like, that was that's the same price that Columbus ended up paying for Max Domi, who was just a year or two removed from a 70-point season. Right. Like, and, and has never had a season where he played fewer than... I mean, his, his fewest games played is 59 games. That was four years ago. Yeah. Uh, he's played 82, 82, and 71. He played all, he's played all in all the games the last three seasons. And his worst season was this year, 44 points in 71 games. So likely he would have had close to 50 points sure. by the end of the year. Maybe 20 goals. Um, not as much of a goal scorer Max Domi is, but definitely the, the setup man. But No, hey, man. You know what? He's he's going to move into center. He's going to be that second-line center for this team in Columbus. And, I mean, yes, 
Montreal didn't really use him as a center as much. And I know they were talking about it, you know, before the season ended that, you know, maybe we're going to move him back to center, blah, 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 blah. But still, like center versus winger, like there's a comparison where you're getting more value for Columbus yeah. already. Yeah. So I, I don't understand it either. I think, yeah, maybe years two or, you know, by year two or three, if he's still healthy, you can say, okay, this has been an all right deal. But yeah. I guarantee you by year four, when his body starts wearing and he's getting more and more injured, you're going to be like, what the flip were well, we thinking? I mean, hopefully he he better blow away. I mean, at $5.5 million, you better be putting up 50 points. Right. At like 100%, you need to be putting up 50 points. I mean, if you go and you look at so many different contracts, you look and you see guys are basically getting $100,000 a point. And so if you, I mean, if you can't put up and, and that's only after a certain point, like if you're only putting up 20 points, you're not getting 2 million probably you, you mean, you're probably more in the one, one right. something, but if you can put up 40 points, yeah, you're, you're probably worth three and a half, four million. But if you can't put up 50, 55 points and you're making five and a half million, you better not be put getting 32 points. Um, we'll, we'll see. I guess, you know, that would be better than Matt Duchesne, but still, <laughs> <laughs> um, to uh, to the goalie point, you know, we we had talked, t- did three shows on on all the goaltending situation, and uh, we for the most part we we nailed it on the head. Uh, three goalies that have signed that I you know I'm thinking uh, Brassois that resigns in Winnipeg, Leonard he signs that five for five deal in Vegas, Brian Elliott resigns with the Philadelphia Flyers to be backup to Carter Hart and. Uh, Tristan Jari signs with the Pittsburgh Penguins and then Matt Murray gets traded to the Ottawa Senators and gets the biggest deal out of all of them by by far. Uh, what did you think about that uh, that deal? So my, for Murray. I, I like the idea of Ottawa trading for him. I thought that was, was a good move. I didn't see it coming, to be quite honest, because I thought Ottawa was going to be a team where they're going to go look for a goalie with a high cap it, but low real dollar value, so they could get to the floor and then not have to really shell out a bunch of money right now. Because look, Ottawa's got a bunch of young prospects coming up. They had a pretty good draft, right? They're going to have these guys develop over the next two, three years before you can look at this team and say, okay, cool, they can compete. They can be a real you know, contender for a playoff spot and maybe you know, even more. But regardless, I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe your Ottawa and your, your thought process is we want somebody long-term. We want to get our guy now, lock him in, and then hopefully he develops. But when you got a guy like Matt Murray who has been injury-prone over the last couple of years, he's on the decline in terms of his stats – I don't know why you're so quick to hand out a large contract to a guy like that when maybe you can say, cool, let's, let's, you know, you're qualified, so let's go out and give you your qualifying offer, whatever the arbitrator wants to give you, whether that's four and a half or maybe even $5 million. Who gives a crap? Take that one year, see how he does, and then if he, he blows it out of the, you know, knocks it out of the park and is playing really, really good, then say, hey, cool, great, let's go ahead and give you that six, seven year contract. Um, you know, that you probably wanted. But look, last year or, you know, this past season, 899 save percentage, two seasons prior, 907. But again, he's not playing more than – he hasn't played more than 50 games in this organization during the regular season. Right. Now, I mean, granted, most goalies aren't going to play that now anyways, but for a one, a guy who you're considering your number one, you you need him to play 50, 60 games yeah, all year. $6.25 million cap hit. I mean, I, and I, on the one hand, I get it. Like, Ottawa has to get to the cap floor. So they're maybe going, hey, we can just overpay this guy slightly. It'll make him want to stay. They are paying for some UFA years. Yeah, maybe the thought process is, Three you know, when UFA we get to the, the the back end of that deal, the, the second half, you know, those that six and a half is going to look like a bargain because, you know, maybe okay. he rebounds and finds his way again. But honestly, I would have been a little bit more hesitant to give him such long-term and uh, you know, give him that kind of money. Yes, uh, I guess the you know the hope for Ottawa is that all their draft picks hit. <laughs> right. If Tim Stutzel and Jake Sanderson can come in quickly into this organization, and then you you know you get some of the other guys that you've been grooming over the last couple years that you've drafted. Uh, if Ottawa is able to kind of turn this around, I think that Ottawa is in a better position than say like Detroit. Um, I don't think that Ottawa was pitiful this year. They they were bad, but they weren't they weren't Detroit 
kind of bad. No, there's actually some people out there I read that were saying that Montreal and Ottawa are ahead of schedule of a team like Toronto. Like they're they're going the right way. They're doing it the right way. You know, even though it'll might be longer before they're yeah, at yeah. Toronto's level, but they're going to blow by Toronto at that point. They think, and I'm like, interesting. oh, in- interesting well, thought. It wouldn't process. be hard to blow by a team that can't win the first round. So. I can't, yeah, <laughs> there's, uh, I mean, there's that thought process. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the the other thing is that Ottawa's going to have to actually pay the players when they're when they become UFAs. They got to. You know. Yeah, luckily for them, they already paid Thomas Shabbat, so there's one yes, big name yes, out of the Thomas way. Thomas Shabbat is is out of the way. Uh, I mean, there were a whole bunch of you know a whole bunch of trades that uh, Nick Benino going to the Minnesota Wild and uh, all the kind of inconsequential type of type of moves that you know what does what's Nick Benino really going to do for the Minnesota Wild? Not a whole lot, but. Uh, it's just so many guys signing. Uh, where do we want to go next? Uh, let's go. Let's stick with the goalies. The goalies, okay. Yeah, let's let's talk about Henry Lundqvist, right, and going to Washington because that was one of the first signings that happened during the day. Yes, there you go. It's weird to me because when I always find it odd because teams will come out and say, you know, you know, we're not talking to guys beforehand, but yet guys will literally sign two minutes in. And you're yeah. like, you had yeah. the, you were a talking. Whole 30 seconds to negotiate and you, you came to a deal like, come on, wink, wink. You were talking behind closed doors. I mean, Lundqvist, uh, you know, in my mind was an example. I mean, obviously, uh, the one guy that signed, I think, quicker than him was Wayne Simmons. But I think he had already made up in his mind that's where he wanted to go regardless. Yeah, I think Wayne Simmons signed by like 3 p.m., 4 p.m. or something like that. Quicker than that. Like literally just like 1201. He, he signed like it was it was official. But. I'm interested, you know, to see how this Lundqvist thing works out. I obviously thought Kudobin would be, you know, the guy that would sign with, you know, Washington. I wasn't 100% sure what New York was going to do with Lundqvist. You know, I at some point it became obvious, I think, a week ago that they were buying him out. Yeah. So you're like, okay, cool. You know, now he could maybe be a fit for well, Colorado. Well, with Lundqvist, because he was bought out, he was free to talk to teams. Sure. So he that's why it was a little fat. Like, he didn't have to wait. Yeah, but, I mean, even st- Washington's just... It's a, it's an interesting spot for me because I figured they would want somebody a little bit more longer term to be like a 1B, right? Get somebody locked in for two, three years now. Because again, the other thing you have to consider is expansion, right? Like we saw a lot of two-year deals sure. handed out yesterday, and that's because of expansion. You want to have your roster to the, you know. Added, essentially. Yeah, yeah, so that you can protect some guys and then you expose others. And so like, you know, for instance, you know, from a goaltender perspective, you know, Ancon Kudobin signed for another three years with Dallas, which is great. Good for him. I think he got you know good term, good money. I believe that I that that was uh, that's you did the say. spot that I thought that he might sign. Yeah, you said he was going to stay there, and right. I said he was going to leave. And so kudos to you. Um, but I again, it's a great spot for Kudobin because why would you? I, th- I think had you a did good call Cam Talbot in Minnesota though. No, I said he'd go to Detroit oh, for Detroit. four and four. That's but right. um, I'm not too far off when it comes to you know Minnesota. I will. I'll talk about them in a second, but. You know, as far as Washington's concerned, obviously they're going to want to protect Sansonoff when the expansion drafts happen, but now they don't really have another goalie to offer up, right? So now you've got to go out and you've got to re-sign another guy. Uh, So, you know, I figured they would go lock somebody up, you know, for two or three years. Well, they have Phoenix Copley. Sure. But, you know, again. I I would imagine that he would be the guy that they would expose. Maybe, but I think you have to have three goaltenders. No, wait, it's two. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have to have two goaltenders under contract. But... um, so, yeah, I'm just surprised they didn't get somebody more longer term, you know, for two or three years to be a backup and a mentor to Samsonov because I don't think, you know, he's going to explode after this season and, you know, then you don't have to worry about your backup position. So, Oh, but maybe with Longfist, you're thinking there's a possibility that he does another one-year deal the following yeah. year. Like, there's always – that's probably on the table. Yeah, I, I think so too. But um, – and then – you know, again, this is going to be a great fit for him. He goes to a place where they're still ready to compete. They're still able to compete for a cup. He gets in a great mentorship role where he can, you know, bring up this this young Russian goaltender, you know, just like he did in New York. And um, also, too, I think with the condensed schedule, you know, there's going to be a lot of back-to-backs. And I think he's going to get a real opportunity to play at least 30 to 40 games, you know, assuming we're having a full 82 season. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then when you move on to Camp Talbot, right, there's another one. Um Thought he was going to go to Detroit for four for four. He ended up going to Minnesota for three years. 
I was actually really shocked with this one more than maybe almost more than any other goaltending signing uh, outside of Matt Murray because Minnesota was a team I think they're ready to compete now, but they still have some younger guys, you know, that they're bringing up. I figured Minnesota would want to lock in a goaltender long term, right? Get a guy who's like an actual number one. Well, three years is sure. You you look at the the deals and the term handed out to these goalies. There's only really in the last year, there's only been three goal, goaltending contracts that have been longer than three years. That one, eight years to Vasilevsky, five years to Leonard, and six years to Markstrom. Yeah, my, but see, my thought process with Minnesota was they've they've moved on from Dubnik. You have to go solidify, you know, the number one position. And I don't think Stalock is a guy that, you know, over the next couple of years, you're going to say he's going to give us 30, 40 games. I think you want somebody else to take those reins. Now, they do have their their young goaltender, Kakanen. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the feeling is on him. He's still an RFA. You know, what kind of deal are they going to get done with him at this point at 24? You know, you either have to say, okay, this is going to be our guy or not. And by signing Talbot for three years, and you still got Staylock under contract, but, you know, he's cheap. You can trade him. Um, you know, obviously, they'll probably expose Talbot at the expansion draft but yeah yeah i think that's that's a fair but still i i was i was expecting them to go out and make a move for you know holtby a markstrom or somebody else Uh, obviously holtby didn't want to sign there no (laughs) but you know i I guess it is what it is you know you take what you can get and they still got a serviceable 1b type of goaltender i think he'll give you a solid 30 40 games yeah i i also think that see i don't know minnesota is uh is a team that should be trying to push for the playoffs in my mind they should be trying to maybe build up their storage cupboards a little bit i i just i know i've talked about it before but just minnesota always is that middling team they never have a superstar and the reason why they've never been bad enough they've been bad but never enough right and and enough times yeah yeah Boudreau, for whatever reason he always managed to get them at the top of that division but they would bow out in the yep. first yep so well, uh, the other two big goaltender, well, three big goaltender signings. Jacob Markstrom signs in Calgary, six years, six million dollars a season, uh, and then Braden Holtby signs in Vancouver. Uh, it seemed like the Flames were just hacking away at the Vancouver roster. I think they also got Chris Tanev <laughs> yeah. sign him, uh, and then Corey Crawford signs with the New Jersey Devils, two years, three point nine million a season. Uh, as they buy out Corey Schneider and bring in another broken goaltender, Corey, Corey Crawford. Yeah, at least when Corey Crawford's healthy, he's going to win games and give you it's good true. goaltending. <laughs> Whereas Corey Schneider... Corey Schneider hasn't been good in like three, four Right. Years. And you know what? Maybe Corey Schneider goes out and finds another home and can be uh, you know a, a number two goaltender somewhere. I doubt it, but um, you know he'll probably take a year off and... You know, maybe go play overseas. Who knows? Whatever. Just call it a career. Yeah, maybe do that too. Um, <laughs> but I I like the Jacob Markstrom move because I think since Kippersoft, they've been searching for a number one goaltender. Um, obviously, six years, you're saying like, yeah. this is the guy. And let's face it, Markstrom was the MVP for Vancouver last season, uh, this past year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he looked great in the playoffs. You know, stole a few games that maybe they probably should have lost, and that's what you want out of a, a starting goaltender. And so Calgary gets that guy that they need long term, and hopefully, you know, at 30 years old for six more years, you're still going to get, yeah, you know, you maybe good. really good years out of all those, you know. Uh, I mean, if if two years ago you said, hey, you know what, I'm pretty sure that when both Markstrom and Holtby are UFAs together, uh, Markstrom's going to get more money, and three times the term that Braden Holtby's going to get. You'd go, you're nuts. <laughs> right. Like Braden Holtby's going to get eight, nine million dollars and he's going to get his full, maybe six, seven year contract. No. Right. No, not even close. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, Vancouver, obviously. Um, good you know, on good on Vancouver to, to like. Yeah. May, I mean, they great, were probably sticking with their guns and saying, we don't want to give you long term deal because, you know, we've got these two young guys. So maybe that was well, their thought. Process, and Holtby but. hasn't been very good. No, he. And so mean, you're really you're giving him this money in hopes that he can 
in a different system and in a different, different, just a change of scenery that he can kind of turn it around and get back to where he was three years ago. Right. Uh, Which we have seen goaltenders do in their, into their thirties. I mean, he's only 31. I mean, he's not, I, I read something that was talking about it and the way that the writer was, was talking about Holtby being 31 was like, he was ancient. Like there, there are plenty of goaltenders who, I mean, Anton Kidobin's 34. Markstrom, he's only a year younger than Holtby. Crawford's 35. Like you can be a good goalie and be in your thirties. It's, it's okay. Uh, you know, there's always a point where particular players are going to start to downslide, but Braden Holtby, I think he's got a shot to, to maybe revive his career in Vancouver and, uh, we'll see. Yeah, even even if it's even if he's just okay, they can get out from under that deal, no problem. They could trade him. Well, even if he's just okay, you're still okay with yeah, that deal you're still because okay you've got other guys. That yeah, DiPietro still two years away from his RFA deal. You've got one more year Demko at you know one million bucks. So you know again they're not hurt or strapped financially with their goaltending right. situation. And Five point three million bucks in your goaltending. Yeah, and with goaltenders too now because you're looking for a 1A, 1B situation. Most teams are. You don't have to worry about a guy playing 60, 70 games anymore. So, you know, those older goaltenders like Colby in their their 30s, those ancient quote-unquote goaltenders, you know, they're not going to decline as quickly as maybe a defenseman who's playing 28 minutes a night and is 35 years old. Now there's those rare freaks like Ryan Suter who can do that. But, sure, sure. you know, most of the guys, you know, can't do that anymore, you know. I mean... Speak of Vancouver, Elder's one of those guys that, you know, his ice time's got to get cut down because he's 34 and just can't keep up as much anymore. Yeah. But, um, you know, on the flip side, now we talk about Corey Crawford. You know, I, I thought this was a, gr- a good deal. I, You know, you get a veteran guy to come in and really help push Blackwood because I think ideally yeah. they want Blackwood to be the guy. Sure. And I think that's totally fine. I'm and okay th- with that. But, but I think that you're, if you're New Jersey, you're happy to go 45 and four, like, yeah. 38, whatever. You know, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Why would you not want to give a guy who went healthy has proved he's a, he's a very good goaltender. Yeah, service. Goal. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely, he, he has the ability to be an above average goalie. Yeah. So why not? And I'm surprised actually from Chicago's standpoint that they were so like, I don't know if maybe there was a breakdown in contract talks or maybe they were just completely adamant about, Hey, we're going with the younger guys, but like Malcolm Subban, hate him. I, I don't think he's going to be a very good goaltender. He'll be a number three goaltender for the rest of his career and you know what there's nothing wrong with that he i mean they're goaltenders though i mean he malcolm subban's what 26 yeah no i think he's actually older than that um let me look this up yeah he's 26 you're right okay 26 years old we have seen goaltenders go from being just a well you know maybe he's he's a career backup is what you're saying and jacob markstrom was one of those well jacob markstrom he was much he was very highly touted he's sure. like a first round pick well so was malcolm suban too malcolm suban was a first round pick yeah i think he was a first round pick by the bruins oh well, i didn't know he was a first round yep. pick. 24th overall in 2012 yeah. all right there you go uh maybe pk he, had something to do with I, that but. yeah yeah but i i also you know sometimes a goalie they they dink around they dink around look at i mean q dobin he was never anything special and now he's 34 years old he has the best season of his career now i'd say the last three years two two three years he's been he's been good and people have started to notice him when he was coming in and he he took over for uh for rask when he went down a couple years ago you went oh this guy's actually all right but maybe it's just because boston's so good and then, you know, Kidobin goes to Dallas and he basically becomes the best backup in the NHL and he gets his starting opportunity and he does great in the playoffs. He definitely was not the reason that Dallas did not win the cup against Tampa. Um, well, let's move on from the goaltending. Uh, Wayne Simmons signs in Toronto. So that, that was the uh, that was like the first deal of the day. No big surprise that Wayne Simmons goes and signs in his hometown. Uh, I believe Scarborough is where he was originally from. Although he did say in an interview that the Detroit Red Wings were actually the team that he cheered for growing right. up as a kid. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I know they're going to hate me for this. Yeah, yeah. I, I chuckled a little bit then. Um, I, I think that's a good move for Toronto, $1.5 bucks. I mean, 
the worst there there really is no downside it's it's like that jason spezza kind of deal like hey we'll see if spezza works out and if he doesn't you can always not play him uh at 1.5 million bucks you can bury almost the whole thing in the minors and you can call it good but i mean i think that wayne simmons is worth one one five yeah even if he's playing on the fourth line he's worth one five i mean look at it he's he's a few years removed from you know a 24, 31, 32, you know, goal seasons. So even at 32 years old, he's still he's not still got hands. Yeah. He's yeah. still not that old to where you're like, okay, literally he's just going to be a fourth line guy. You know, he still brings a physical element. He still brings a nice leadership element. Uh, that'll be great for that room. And, uh, you know, maybe you get, you know, eight goals like you had last year. Maybe you get 15. If you get 15, that's freaking fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he had 16 so. goals in 62 games just uh, just a year removed from that. Yeah, he can be so. a 30-point guy and, you know, playing on that third line, and that would be fantastic for Toronto. Yeah. For Toronto yeah. so. Get Spezza and Simmons. Who else Who else can play on the fourth line for Toronto that is a, a reclamation project? Right. <laughs> just needs somebody on the, uh, on the... They can go sign Justin Abdelkader next. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I th- I thought one signing that kind of slid under the radar. It happened. It happened beforehand because it's an RFA. But Jesse Poyarvi agreeing to a deal with the Edmonton Oilers uh, after so much. I mean, he played in the KHL last year or whatever league he played in overseas. Yeah, uh, and it sounded like they were done with each other. Uh, there was a lot of rumors with him going to Montreal. I remember and. He ends up re-signing in Edmonton, and I wonder if it was a, all right, you know, I now I see what this team has become. Like, Ken Holland, I'm sure, has done some good things internally, uh, and I wonder if, you know, they needed the year apart, and then now a different management, different team, and Ken Holland's able to to go smooth the waters with Play RV. I think that that is a huge step in the right direction for the Oilers and uh maybe a very like it's an under the radar kind of signing Poyarvi does well he was a fourth overall pick yeah I mean he's got potential to he's come still in 22 and, years old yeah I mean he could come in and put up put up some big points and maybe play alongside Connor McDavid uh that is the elusive thing that you're you're always looking for I feel like for his entire life it's like Crosby can you find him a winger? <laughs> and I mean, he—he's yeah, sure he plays with with uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is, is a winger now for him. Yeah, or Drysaitel <laughs> right. play alongside. But can you find him an actual winger? Not like, hey, let's just load up a a whole line. That'll be that'll be the question his whole entire career. Yeah, I think Puliari will get a chance to start with McDavid. Obviously, Yamamoto was another young guy that they had drafted high that they were expecting big things out of. You know, took a took a little time to develop, but now he's stuck with Dreisaitl, and they, they seem to have a really good fit together, a good pair there. And so that's what you're hoping for with McDavid is to find another good pair so you just don't have, you know, I mean, obviously you can throw Nugent Hopkins up on that first line and then put Puliari on the other wing, but I think, you know, um, that's probably the plan going in, which is why, again, there's another signing they made, you know, with Kyle Turris, right? There's another yeah. Yeah. really, you know, low cost, you know, high reward type of signing at $1.65 million for a couple seasons to get a third line center. So, you know, they bring back Tyler Ennis. I think Edmonton made a couple nice small moves to where you're not hurting yourself financially. Sure. And, uh, you know, you're giving yourself an opportunity to see these guys maybe take another step. And, you know, for tourists, there's a guy, a reclamation project, a guy that just didn't have a good fit in Nashville. And so, you know, you come to, you know, maybe he hasn't been good in like five years. (laughs) I know, but, but maybe, you know, because again, with that, with those big contracts, you're expected to to do a lot more. And so they're kind of forcing your hand to play these big minutes. And so maybe he isn't anything more than a third line guy that can put up 40 points at the most. Um, so now you throw him in Edmonton where he's definitely protected behind McDavid and Dreisaitl. Sure. You know, he'll get maybe some second power play time and, you know, maybe Pooley Arby plays on his wing and, you know, you get I a mean, good pairing there. But I guess in, in fairness, he is just three seasons removed from a 51 point season. Sure. So, he, I mean, he's it's not like he's he's been that terrible terrible i mean he had 31 points in 62 games so yeah and i think that's what edmonton's hoping to get out of him is 30 35 points and and in 62 games so he would have put up 40 this year if he had gotten the chance to play those games but uh but even so yeah he puts up some points but there was a lot 
to be desired for the rest of his game as well. No, absolutely. Um, Poyarvi, by the way, put up about a point per game in the Liga, which is where he played, not the KHL. Mm-hmm. I knew I was wrong in the KHL. It was somewhere uh, overseas. And right now, <laughs> in three games, he's got three goals and four points. So, uh, doing well as he continues to play. <laughs> yeah. He can play until the NHL comes back. So, uh, well, who knows when the heck that'll be. Um, one other signing that I loved, Alexander Wenberg. Signing with the Florida Panthers, a one-year, $2.25 million deal. A guy who was supposed to be a top-line center for the Columbus Blue Jackets is uh, is a free agent, and they signed Wenberg. And I love this deal. I think that he, Tell me why. Well, Please. I think that he could go He could go into Florida. A kind of, a, again, like similar, similar idea. You know, he had a $4.9 million cap hit. It was a six-year deal, and... Obviously, there was a lot of pressure from the Blue Jackets organization to be very good. Uh, he did put up, I mean, he put up almost 60 points in 2016-17. And since then, he just, he really just hasn't been very good. He he is not a goal scorer at all. Can't shoot the puck or doesn't shoot the puck. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually had an okay playoff. Had five points in the 10 games in the playoffs. Uh, but I think that he given the right opportunity and the right system. I mean, we know, uh, what, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on Florida's coach. Oh, Quinville Quinville. Yeah, we yeah. know what he's capable of doing with, uh, with some guys down the roster and, and bringing guys up. I actually see Alexander Wenberg as Florida's Patrick Sharp. Okay. Interesting. If you can bring him in and, and put him in the right spot, I think you can move him up in the, into the lineup and, and move him around. I don't think that he's probably going to ever put up 50, 60 points again. But, hey, at $2.25 million, you're going to be happy if you can get a guy who can play on your third line and put up 30, 40 points. And I do think that he's still capable of that. So Yeah, I think they ideally want him to be their second-line center. Right, I think they want him to go out and say, "Hey, prove it to me." That That'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he's because I, he's not the fastest player. I don't know if he's if he's in a position to really be a second line center. Uh, but I do really like what Florida did, uh, bringing in Henestrosa and signing Radko Gudis on that back end. Like they they brought in some some big boys. Uh, and yeah, I'm iffy on Gudis, the, but I mean. What's there to be iffy about? You well, know, I, you know he's going to get suspended, but right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like having some grit on that back end, but I think for me, I would have ideally liked to have seen, you know, them go out maybe get a, um, <clears throat> you know, a, a, a Sammy Vatnin or a puck moving type defenseman. Well, yeah, sure. So, you know, <laughs> who wouldn't? Yeah, who but wouldn't I want to get that guy. Look, Sammy Vatnin sitting out there in free are? agency. Why wouldn't you sign him? You know, but again, maybe he doesn't want to go there, but. You know, I just think they need a little bit more of that. I think they have plenty of grit in terms of, you know, a guy like, uh, you know, Mackenzie Weger, who I think they'll re-sign. Uh, Strawman, you know, they, they got that defensive defenseman there. And, uh, you know, yeah, they got the puck mover and Keith Yandel, but I think they could use another one personally. Okay. But that's just me. Okay. Again, I, I don't mind the Gouda signing at the at the price. I think, you know, yeah, at two yeah, exactly. ish million dollars, he's he's a very serviceable third well, pairing guy. Yeah, third pairing, exactly. Yeah. Third pairing who can move up into the he can kill penalties. Absolutely. Move up onto that second pairing if you need him to. Uh, also one one other signing that the Panthers made that I really like, Carter Verhage. Uh, buried a little bit in Tampa's system and didn't really get a whole lot of opportunity to play for the lightning and uh sometimes you get those guys who you know they're on a good team they're buried somewhere they go become a free agent they sign somewhere else i think of like a Derek ryan in calgary going and signing there and uh kind of found his found his game and found found the way that he can play uh i think carter verhage could be a little underrated signing here for the florida panthers all right yeah two years two million bucks like one million bucks a season can't go wrong. I mean, with that Nola Chari, they're pretty good at finding those yeah. low cost guys that yeah. produce. So who, who come from good teams, right? So. <laughs> yeah. So one question I want to ask you because this one's been sitting on my mind since we started the show. Uh, T.J. Brody in Toronto. I want to uh, yes. get your thoughts on this because I like 
Toronto's top three now with Muzzin, Riley, and TJ Brody. But, you know, obviously that means they're, you know, they were rumored to be in with that Petrangelo race. And, you know, obviously they're out of it now at this point. But, well, yeah, I mean, Petrangelo wasn't, I mean, he wanted more than eight times eight. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Toronto could not. I honestly, I don't think Toronto was ever in it. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's fair. And I don't think. Uh, I think that probably an agent put it out there or, I mean, or it's, hey, he's from Toronto. And someone says, would you like, would you want him on your team? And you go, yeah, yeah. we'd love to have him. Sure, we're going to try to get him. Well, I'm sure they probably had a conversation, but yeah, you know, they, yeah, of course you're like, going to try yeah. to get him, but you you don't have the money. No. There is not the money to to acquire a player, right? Like you would that. have to move some guys out, like a Nylander, at and that he's point not and worth he's not worth it. Not not at not over the next seven years. It's that's, not worth no, it. and that's fair. That's fair. I but when shifting back to Brody though, I I love what they get out of this guy because he is going to bring the more grit on the back end. He's going to bring the more of a defensive edge, and he's still capable of being a 30-point guy. Sure. So, yeah. and especially now, and he was playing on a team in Calgary, putting up, you know, 34, 36 points with, you know, one or two offensive weapons. Now he has a whole load of offensive weapons to, you know, to move the puck up to. So, you know, maybe his point production goes up a little bit, which would be fantastic to see him hit 40 points. But, you know, more than anything else, I think you're hoping his defensive game still is just as sound. Yeah, I'm wondering who. I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming he'll he play with Morgan Riley. Is is my guess? Uh, yeah, he, he played very well. Probably, I mean, I think his best his best seasons and the best time that he's he's been, you know, when he's been very good, he's been playing with Mark Giordano. And I I think that if he can continue playing with high end talent, like he's just one of those guys. I think that when you put him with really good players. He shines. He's like Chris Tanev, I think. You know, you paired him with, you know, Quinn Hughes last year, and he shined so yeah. well because yeah. he was able to just stay at home, be a rock. And let, it, you it let the out. other guy be be as good as they are. Right. And you're going to pick up some some extras along the way, and I think that that's exactly what Brody will be. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that a Brody-Muzzin pairing would be great for just five-on-five five because you've kind of got these two more defensive uh, hard-nosed guys, you probably want to split them up. But, uh, yeah, Brody. I mean, Brody is a left-handed shot, but he plays right defense. Right. So that's uh, that's Bab- good for more. Babcock's for more. not here, so it won't matter. Right. Well, I mean, that's good for Morgan Riley anyways. So, right. Uh, yeah, because he plays on the left side. So uh, the other defenseman that got signed, you know, late last night, Tory Krug in St. Louis. Yes. I, you know, obviously shutting the door for Petrangelo to, to come back to St. Louis, even though I think like literally right before crew got signed, there was a tweet that came out that says, I'm not closing the book on them. We're still having talks. I think this was a situation where St. Louis got nervous that they were going to miss out on a defenseman oh, yeah. because you don't want to go into next season with, you know, obviously Colton Perenko is a, a good defenseman, but you don't want him to be your number one with Justin Falk and Vince Dunn like. Well, that's not what yeah, you want. You just don't want that top four. The top four wouldn't be. And Scandella. Be I mean, like, Colton Pareko, I think, is great. Yeah, he is. He's a very good uh, defenseman. I'm, I'm okay with taking him as my top defenseman, but I need yeah. to have three other good defensemen. Right. Well, that's the thing. And so, obviously, you bring in a guy like Tori Krug now who, you know, gives you more of a puck booming guy. Now, obviously, I think at some point here, you know, relatively soon, they're going to have to, I would think, maybe move Scandella because I just think. You know, investing that kind of money in their their back end like they have now at this point, um, you know, makes maybe one other guy expendable because I don't want to have, you know, ideally, you know, Vince Dunn's going to get a little bit of a raise, but I don't want to have you know five guys at you know three plus million dollars. Uh, you I don't want to just sign Marco Scandella. I know, but I think maybe after the season you have to really look at moving him. I think well, I don't know. I mean, right now they're over the cap already. <laughs> yeah, well, they're going to throw Tarasenko on long term. You know, injury reserve, so they'll get some relief there. But um, yeah, at this point, I mean, I I like the I like the term, I like the money for a guy like Krug, who I think deserves it. He's very capable of putting up 50, 60 points, quarterbacking that top power play for this team. Um, you know, again, he's a left-handed defenseman. Um, or I'm sorry, yeah, is he left-handed? Yeah, left, he's yeah. left. Yep, he yeah. plays on the left side. Um, play with play with Pareko up there. He can always. Yeah. You could throw. You could have a Justin Falk, Tory Krug power play. Yeah. You know, there's there's lots and lots of options. I I think, yeah, I, I don't see Petrangelo signing with St. Louis now. No, it's it's, it's impossible. Even they though just, they're talking about, oh no, it's not not dead. You'd have to get somebody to to grab Justin Falk for you, and you know, yeah. then you could maybe yeah. make that happen. Yeah. But 
Uh, my question to you is, now that St. Louis is pretty much gone, where does a guy like Alex Pietrangelo sign? Yeah, I think that Vegas is a good a good landing spot. I think that uh, they would love to to bring in a superstar, especially after watching Vegas trade away Paul Stastny. Um, I think that that, uh, granted, you know, obviously much different positions, but I think you look at where they're where they've been spending their money. Uh, that's a big cap hit off your books with Stastny, and so I think that they, in my mind, are the most likely. To go after him now granted i know they they've got less than two million dollars in cap space right now but remember that mark andre fleury is gone he will be traded at some point at least you know half of his i i would i would guess that they're gonna look and try to get move his entire deal they don't want to hold on to any of his cap hit yeah ideally you don't want to sure and i think they'll, they'll be able to find a willing combatant in that they'll, they'll find somebody who's willing to do it uh and to me, if they were to if they were to land Petrangelo, they like when you look at their defense, you go, okay, Shea Theodore, he's he's evolved into a fantastic defenseman. Uh, Nate Schmidt is so important for their defense, uh, and then beyond that, you know, Alec Martinez, he's still a good defenseman. He's still a top four defenseman. He's not a one of the best top four defensemen in the NHL by any means, though. Uh, and then you kind of have this, you know, kind of a ragtag rest of your group. Uh, and I think that if you were to sign Petrangelo, then that kind of slots everybody a little more properly. And suddenly you have maybe one, you have one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. With the one signing, at least for the next two or three years. So. Yeah. Vegas would be obviously one of my front runners, I would think, too. Um, you know, they'll, I think if they do sign them, obviously Flurry's the contract you want out. But I think right. if they can't move that, they'll try to move either maybe a Nate Schmidt. Um, you know, a Marsha show or Riley Smith, they'll try to get one of those out of there too. But, um, you know, he would definitely, he would be that guy they've been looking for. And it's funny. I just, I think whenever I think of Vegas, they always seem to be in the run for Stanley cup since they've been in existence. And it always seems like they're always going after a top name every single off season, yeah. every single trade down line. And I'm like, at one point you have to say Vegas, listen, you have to suck at some point. Like, just give it up. <laughs> like, Stop. They're not going to. So good, good yeah. on them. Uh, another team wouldn't shock me if they make a, a play, um, especially after losing out on ten. That would be Vancouver. They could definitely use another big name guy back there. Obviously, a Quinn Hughes extension is coming at some point. But you know, outside of that, they really don't have money invested in you know defense outside of Tyler Myers. So, yep. um, you know, that would be a, a wise. Edler's only got one year left on his deal, and they they do have almost eight million in cap space. So they they definitely could maneuver. Yeah, and and be able to give him the money. Now, see, I think that for Petrangelo, going somewhere else, like if he doesn't want to take eight times eight, then he's not probably looking for like a like. Let's say a team said, "Well, we'll give you ten times four. Okay, I don't think he'd take it. You don't think he would? I mean, that's why wouldn't you? I mean, if, but for eight years, you you're guaranteeing yourself sixty four million. And then now you're only guaranteeing yourself 40. I don't think that you're going to make that type of move unless unless you really, really thought that team was was going to win the Stanley Cup. And I don't think that Vancouver is quite there yet where they're going to be in the Stanley Cup contention, you know, given another year or two after this one. And by that point, is it, you know, for Petrangelo, does it make sense? Yeah. Let me throw out another team here, too, because this is just. I guess maybe I haven't heard their name in the mix, and we know, you know, Boston will try to throw their their name in the hat, you know, with a guy like Petrangelo, especially after losing Krug. But um, what about the Edmonton Oilers? I think, wow, you know, they've got what I think like seven million dollars. Okay, five five point two million dollars right now in cap space. Um, you know, they've got two guys coming off the books after this season that they could probably move. I think one of them, Adam, Adam Larson, you could probably find a team desperate enough. Um, for a right-handed shot defenseman that could say, okay, cool, we'll take them off your hands. You know, maybe, you know, you give them a, a third or fourth round pick and then you get a seventh round pick back, but you you get him off the books essentially, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Chris Russell's coming off the books so you could afford an extension with this guy. And then, you know, now you've got Nurse, Clefbaum when healthy and Pitcher Angelo. And then you've got a couple young guys like Ethan Bear that, you know, could make up a pretty dangerous back end for a team that's got plenty of forwards. I, I actually, I would wonder about the Boston Bruins. 
They lose Tory Krug. They've got 15 million in cap space. They, I mean, the Boston Bruins, they could go in and, uh, and lock up Petrangelo at, at 9 million bucks. Yeah, you could easily do that. Obviously, you know, it's going to be nice when Krejci's money comes off the books next right, season. Right, I mean, and you could you can move Krejci or you, or you just go, okay, well, you know, after this year, I mean, we've got $43 million in cap space next year. Granted, we have no goaltending. <laughs> right. But, I mean, Boston's going to have to do something here. They haven't really made much of a splash. Yeah, I, I, I saw, I can't remember what the beat writer was for the Boston Bruins out of what paper or... Uh, publication he does but he was just literally just posting and posting like waiting waiting like just sitting around like I mean, that. they re-signed Yaroslav Halak that's literally all they've done I mean yeah you you gave him a one-year extension but um yeah I mean they can go out and they'll figure out their goaltending situation after this year and you know I mean obviously they've there's been rumors of Tuka Rass being traded and or retiring or whatever but um that aside, I, I still think you, you could use a guy like that because Charlie McAvoy is going to be good. I mean, he still is good. At 22 years old, he's still got time sure. to even get better. Sure. Um, but Absolutely. it's uncertain, right? You Unlike know? Jack Johnson signing with the Rangers. <laughs> he's he's not going to get better. Uh, yeah. So, you know, getting a, a for sure number one defenseman would, I mean, every team would want that. So, but, you know, and then, of course, there's other teams like you could throw Ottawa and Detroit, you know, in there that guys that might make a pitch for him. But, you know, if you're pitcher Angelo, you're not going to want to go there. I don't think right now. So, no. yeah, go to a team that's competing for a cup. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where where he goes. And then the other big free agent, of course, is Taylor Hall. Yeah. Who's still sitting out there. Uh, and, the, and those two are going to that's that's what's going to change the course of the following season. And actually, I, you know, you brought up Sammy Vatnin. I'd say that Sammy Vatnin could, he could certainly solidify uh, a team and, and take a team from a bubble team to potentially competing and winning some rounds or, or a team that, that is a, Hey, yeah, we could win some rounds to becoming a Stanley cup contender uh, by shoring up a, a top four. So there, but I mean, definitely Petrangelo and Taylor Hall. And if somehow you can convince T- Dustin Bufflin to come back and play hockey, uh, Somebody, right. somebody should be out there trying to. I know, knocking on his door because he can still. I mean, the one team that I'm, I'm waiting. You know, obviously Boston hasn't done anything, but Colorado, right? They, they signed. You know, Barakowski, their RFA. They gave him a two year extension into, you know, into free agency at four point nine, and that's that's a fine deal. I don't mind it, especially at that two year term, because you know you got to think long term with McDavid, his extension that they're going to need to eventually sign him for. But for a forty five point guy in fifty eight games. You know, I think that's that's pretty good value if you can get anywhere close to that again. Yeah. Um, but they have money, you know, available. I think like twenty some million bucks. Um, okay. Well, now they're down to seventeen point four after that signing. But still, they have an opportunity to make a splash, and they're they're in a small window right now where they've got a lot of young defensemen, you know, on these entry level deals where they can go out and make a splash. You know, maybe you offer a guy like Taylor Hall two years at you know eight point five nine million bucks. You overpay for him, but. Now you've got a dangerous right. second line winger for right. a couple more seasons. Not far removed from an MVP season. Right. So, um, also, Thomas Grice closing in on a deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, yeah, that's a good signing. That's yeah, that'll be good because again, uh, Koskinen to me is not a not a one A. He's a one B at best, at best, and I'm not even sure I like him as as that. So, uh, okay. yeah, so Grice will be he'll be a ni- he'll be a nice piece. I mean. You know, obviously, I don't think at this point Edmonton was going to go and snag a top goaltender after Markstrom went off the market. So, right, yeah, right. Um, and it sounds like you know we had talked about Edmonton and Petrangelo. Of course, there's the uh, OEL is that the trade rumor that it's been involved with Vancouver, Arizona talking about moving him. Supposedly, that deal has now fallen apart. Yeah, he did and now say now Darcy Kemper is the one on the on the block. Yeah, they, they mean, have to they have to cut 15 million dollars in payroll. <laughs> yeah, they're going to cut money somewhere, but OEL with his deal, it was basically he said by free agency noon yesterday if there wasn't a deal in place, he was going to put back his no movement clause in there and he wasn't going anywhere and they didn't he get anything done. He extended it supposedly though. Okay. Because they had a deal going, but now it sounds like that's And I gone. I do think there's always going to be they'll still probably have some talks, I think you know, during the course of the season and, you know, maybe they'll try to work something out. But I think for now he's just going to be focused on playing hockey. Is there any team that you think that has 
in in this these signings so far has AB changed their fortunes at all? They taken them to uh, like a team that you didn't think was a playoff team, and now you look at what they did at the draft, and you look at what they did on free agency day, and now you say they're a playoff team, or vice versa. Yeah, I don't really know if there's maybe one team that changed their fortunes, uh, you know, tremendously. I think there were some teams that that made stride, made improvements. You know, obviously, I think, you know, a team like, uh, you know, Edmonton, I think they went in there. And to me, they maybe had the best signings because they got guys that can, you know, add such value at low contracts that I think maybe those might be the best signings of the day for me. Um, You know, obviously, they didn't go out and address their backup goaltender situation but it sounds like they have now um you know outside of that there really weren't any monumental signings or moves where i thought okay cool you've you put your team over the top at this point yeah there really has i mean i guess from a goaltending perspective you could say there maybe markstrom was the best one but yeah some of those moves have the the potential to really change but it's not like calgary do i think that markstrom's going to go into calgary and now calgary's going to win the cup because they got markstrom no right exactly no, I don't. Uh, Tory Krug might be the biggest signing thus far. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean he's a, he really is a guy who could put up sixty points. Yeah, but honestly, if you look at it from a from an aspect of okay, we lost Petrangelo and we signed Krug. Sure, you're yeah, not it's a getting equal value. Lateral. Yeah, you got a guy who's slightly less in terms of what I'm going to get, but he's still pretty dang good. So. Yep. Yep. We're waiting on Taylor Hall and Petrangelo. Tyler Toffoli. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, Mike Hoffman. Mike he's Hoffman, yeah. Still the, the best goal scorer out there with 29 goals, and he hasn't, I don't, I'm sure there's something going on, but we haven't, I haven't heard a peep out of his camp. I mean, so. even, I mean, there's Tyson Berry's out there, and uh, Alex Gelchenyuk, Sammy Vatnin. I mean, there's, there's still some, still some decent guys that are out there. I actually think that Tyler Toffoli will re sign to Vancouver. I think the Vancouver has just been like, probably said hey just just hold on a second let us let us maneuver here and we're going to give you a contract just no oh, i think now that the money for tenev's off the books you yeah, know yeah. if they don't take a swing at pitcher angel yeah now yeah. they've got the money to do it so and yeah. he was a good fit for them so yeah he was a great fit i mean he looked better than he has in years so. right all right well that's our show uh we will continue to you know, keep analyzing these deals as they come in uh and uh we'll, you can follow us on twitter for a more rapid fire <laughs> quick <laughs> quick fingered analyzation of those uh, at OT Hockey Talk Justin any final thoughts before we uh, kick it yeah I want to see somebody make a big signing here today so you yeah. know we, we had a bunch of them obviously you get a ton of signings but I want to see just a big name I don't want to see this lull of just like now you won't get a big name signed for a couple more days kind of situation let's let's see somebody signed like Haller Pitcher Angelo let's see it yeah let's go I want to see some a team that you would never expect to sign one of those guys, I want them to sign. Like, yeah, or I want a big trade like Steven Stamkos getting dealt. That's been rumored for okay, you know, a okay. while, so let's do it. Yeah, I think that the New Jersey Devils, I want to see that. I, I think that they could go out and not sign Taylor Hall. He's not going back to New Jersey. No. But, <laughs> but uh, like the New Jersey Devils or the Buffalo Sabres, where's their money at? There you they, go. They, they all have more than $20 million in cap space. Let's do something. Although COVID might have killed that. (laughs) Okay, we'll talk to you guys soon.